Yo, welcome back to the Fantasy Fixers Podcast. This is episode three, and this will consist of the week one recap, along with the waiver wire pickups for week one. Let's get straight into it. Let's not waste any time. The Thursday night game was everything we could have imagined for, for first game of the season. Um, 31-29, Bucks won, beating the Cowboys. And as I'm watching the game, I'm just thinking, like, this run is never going to end with Brady. He's literally going to be uh, collecting a Social Security check and playing football at the time, like, He's not slowing down. He had 479 yards and four touchdowns. And and I, I'm telling you, it's going to be a absolute guessing game on which wide receiver to pick each week. And, you know, most people, hindsight is 2020. So they're saying, like, oh, I think Antonio Brown is going to be the one to get all the targets, get all the yards. I, I'm not of that mindset. I still think it's Godwin, but we can't we can't just go around like Mike Evans isn't there. He's only had 1,000 yards for seven straight years. Why would it stop now? But Antonio Brown did come away with 120 yards and a touchdown. Um, it's just a bevy of weapons in this offense. Like, It's, it's not going to stop. It's not going to end. These guys are just good, and it's going to be a shootout if you try to compete with them. And that's the reason why the Cowboys, they didn't even attempt to run the ball. They ran the ball 11 times. Uh, if you're a Zeke owner, don't panic. Don't panic. Zach Martin will be back very soon, along with they'll run the ball again. They knew they couldn't run against Tampa. Tampa is a top three defense for like the last three years. Alvin Kamara and the CMC don't even run against these guys, and they see them twice a year. So they had the right game plan. I honestly wasn't expecting Dak to throw the ball that many times. He had a whopping 58 attempts. I guess they figured like that's the only way we're going to beat these guys. We We have to outscore them. But Dak looked good. He forced the ball a little bit to CeeDee Lamb, which I was wrong about CeeDee Lamb. I was a, I was on the, the the Cooper train. I was like, oh, no, nah, I'm not going to take CeeDee Lamb that early. Because they were acting like Cooper's like like old, like he's Julio. He, he's, he's not that old. He's only one year older than Calvin Ridley. And Calvin Ridley was picked in them, the top three or four receivers. So I'm like, no, I'll wait a couple of rounds later and take Cooper. Um, in which Cooper had 13 targets. What, 130 and two touchdowns? Yeah, it's it's not going to stop now. It's not going to stop with Cooper. But I will say this. I do think CeeDee Lamb is going to stay where his ADP is. I think he'll be a top 10 wide receiver by him playing in the slot and getting as many targets as he does, along with the fact that Gallup got hurt. So Cedric Wilson, I mean, if you're in a 14-team league, he might be a good pickup. Because they might be forced to throw the ball 50 times. If the defense plays anything like they did uh, against the Bucks, it's going to be a long year and it's going to be a lot of passes. But don't panic on Zeke. But here's the thing. If you if you bump into a Zeke owner that's panicked and you can do a two-for-one deal, give him a Tyson Williams and I wouldn't say DJ Chark because I like him. Let's go with LaVisca Chenault. If you can put both of those in a package for Zeke, do it. It's going to be worth it. I promise. All right, the next game on the slate is between the Cardinals and the Titans. And the Cardinals won 38-13, in which Kyler Murray was remarkable in this Chubby. game. He came in, had four touchdowns, and ran for one. But let's let's not start there. Let's start off with Tennessee, because they were abysmal. Um, 21 for 35, one touchdown, one interception for Tannehill. Henry with 17 carries, 58, 58 yards. Julio and A.J. Brown were average at best. A.J. Brown came away with the touchdown. 
But other than that, this entire offense looked awful. Um, their their left tackle was was like the the, the swinging doors on a saloon in old westerns. It was just swinging. I know Mike Vrabel was like, "Will you just pinch him or trip him? Do do any? Just hold him." The the penalty is worth more than than getting a a uh, forced fumble. From I think Tannehill had two of them. Chandler Jones came away with what five sacks, two forced fumbles. That's insane. So no, nothing they can do on offense, it, it didn't even matter. They couldn't do anything. And they once you get – they have a team where, where they don't throw the ball a lot, so they can't get down like that. Their game is predicated off the run game, play action. So when they get down like they did, it's curtains. But let's get on to Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kyler had 289 yards, four touchdowns, one on the ground. He looked great. Uh but what you really want to pay attention to is the backfield. Between Chase Edmonds and James Conner, they split pretty much down the middle. Um, so it's it's going to be a headache, so to speak. You're, you're going to look at Chase Edmonds or James Conner as an RB3. The only difference in between the two is the fact that Chase Edmonds came away with two or three grabs. But when you have a running QB, you're not going to get a lot of catches, catches from your running back. So... You're looking at 12 points a, a, a game from each 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 one of them. It all depends on which one gets the touchdown. D-Hop was everything we wanted him to be. Six for 83, two touchdowns. Christian Kirk is a waiver wire ad. He came away with five touchdowns, five touchdowns, five grabs, 70 yards, two touchdowns. And one was the over-the-head Hank Aaron catch. Um, I think he's back. I think AJ Green is washed. I don't. I don't think he's gonna be a factor at all. Christian Kirk is owned in fifteen percent of all leagues. So if you're in a deep league, I'm gonna tell you. Along with that, I'm gonna tell you where he stands on the actual waiver wire list. But let's get on to the next game. All right, the Chiefs beat the Browns thirty-four to twenty-nine. In which we, it's no need of us spending a lot of time on this segment, considering. The, the Browns will simply just be the Browns. They were leading this game for 53 minutes, and the whole time you're thinking, like, is this happening? Is 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 this about to happen? Okay, it's happening. And you're like, no. They, they still reside in Cleveland. So just just give them a second, and it happened. Um, Tyreek came away with 11 grabs, almost 200 yards, and a touchdown. He's just unguardable. He is the reason why he's the number two wide receiver that's picked up from your drafts. A Tyreek Hill along with Kelsey are the only two pass catchers in here. Don't don't hold on to me, Cole Hartman. It's done. There there's no third fiddle when it comes to the Chiefs. It's those two and Clyde's Edwards Hilaire. That's it. Um, we don't have to talk about Chiefs anymore. Let's get on to the Browns. Um, Chubb and Hunt, they played great. Chubb had a late fumble that killed him. Um, but. They're going to be good RB1 and RB2 all year. I don't have to talk much about them. The Joku came away with 76 yards on three grabs, in which most might say, hey, go grab him, but he's still splitting time with Austin Hooper. I hate offenses that have two wide, rece- two wide receivers, two tight ends in them, and they're splitting the work usage. Uh, Landry had an okay game, but that's what he is. I can't even remember the line. It was probably something like 60 yards on four catches. Will Odell make a difference after coming back from knee surgery? I don't think so. I don't think he's worth a hole. I don't think he's worth an ad, as sad as that seems, considering how good he was before he got to Cleveland. But that's because Eli had no problem force-feeding him the ball 12 times a game. 
He didn't care. He wasn't even looking at it. Half the time, his eyes were closed when he was throwing it. He was just throwing it to him and just hoping. But it happened. Mayfield isn't that way. He's going to the open guy. or He's not throwing it. Simple as that. So no need to stay on this game for long. You've seen what it is. There's no guys that's going to be on the waiver wire that's worth adding from this game that aren't already picked. So let's move on. Philadelphia beat the Atlanta Falcons 32-6. And uh, Atlanta might have the worst offense in football right now. As sad as that is, considering how good they've been over the years. Especially with Julio and Ridley, you know, being in tandem. But that ship has sailed. They have a new offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith from uh, Tennessee. It, it just looks bland. And uh, I try to tell you guys, don't trust Kyle Pitts. You can't trust a rookie tight end. You just can't. It never pans out. I can't remember the last time a Ricky tight end just went bananas. It's just not happening. Ridley might be in trouble, as crazy as that seems, considering he was the third or fourth wide receiver off the block. He's going to need probably 12 to 15 targets a game. And that defense is awful, so that just might happen. They just might need to throw the ball 40 times a game. Um, But let's go on to Philly. I don't think it's anything relevant for Atlanta right now. Um, they him what it was Mike Davis had probably 50 yards and Cordell Patterson had more yards than him. So other than Ridley, and which is we'll have to see, nothing else looks good about this offense. Matt Ryan can't be streamed. He's not a streamer at all right now. Um, as far as Philadelphia goes, I thought Hurst looks amazing. He's always been one that's not going to just throw a bunch of turnovers. He's going to be very smart with the ball. I love the Bama to Bama connection between Hertz and Devontae Smith. And Devontae looks like the real deal. You, he, you give him the comparison of Marvin Harrison, but he's smooth. He's very he's he's a little small, but he's sleek and he's he has great route running. So he's gonna be able to get it. And they put him in different spots. They don't just keep him at the Z spot. They're gonna move him around and give him the ball. That, that's why they selected him for that reason. Uh Miles Sanders went 15 for 74. And uh Kenneth Gainwell is going to be a nuisance. He 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 came away with a touchdown. He had nine carries, 37 yards. So with those nine carries, it was a lot more than what I was anticipating. I honestly thought this backfield was totally Miles Sanders, but it was not. Uh, Hertz went 27 for 35, three touchdowns, and you get the added bonus of him being a rushing quarterback. So he had 62 yards on the ground. Devontae went six for 71 and one. So he's going to be an amazing wide receiver three next game. The Saints beat up on the Packers 38-3. to I was very surprised by this game. Um, what we learned from this game is that everybody needs a break from work. A. Ron. But not a six-month break you? off Aaron Rodgers. It looks like he had a hiatus of six months. They look lost on both sides of the ball. They didn't look prepared at all, but most will say, you know, I remember last time uh, Rodgers got beaten. It was like, hey, relax, R-E-L-A-X, relax. I can't relax when, when that performance that Aaron Rodgers has had. I put him on my sleeper of the year, as far as QBs anyway. That's, that's not looking like it's going to age too well, but I'm going to relax. I'm going to hold on, wait for the next game. It's against the Lions, in which uh, I think the Packers are still a streaming defense. Most will be scared of them. I'm not, so I'm going to stream them. I have nothing for the Packers offense to talk about, <laughs> like nothing, until after this week. Whatever. Let's go on to the Saints. Uh, Jameis, 14 completions, and five of them were touchdowns. How do you throw five touchdowns 
and have 148 yards. Crazy. Everything was open all night, and he looked good. I guess laser surgery was it. Looked good. They had 173 yards rushing as well, so they did whatever they wanted. Um, it's not much to talk about. I can't give a good assessment on it just because he had 14 completions. You know, Marquez Callaway was the, the, the preseason darling, so to speak, and we didn't see much from him, and I don't know what to exactly expect until they come across a, a good matchup, in which probably next week, but we'll see. The L.A. Rams beat up on the Chicago Bears 34-14, in which Matt Stafford came out here guns blazing from the start, with his first touchdown being a 69-yarder to Van Jefferson. Uh, he came away with 320 yards and three touchdowns, and he looked comfortable from start to finish. Um, this is my actual Super Bowl pick. Um, this is the best offense and defense that Stafford has ever had. Much respect to uh, to Megatron, Hall of Famer, so you got to put some respect on his name. Um, but the Rams, they, they look good, you know, considering what you have to – they lost Cam Akers – with the Achilles, so you wanted to see how they how the backfield panned out, in which Darrell Henderson came away with 70 yards on, I think, 16 attempts. Sonny Michelle only had one carry, so that's what you're looking for. So I think he'll be a good RB3 all season as well. Um, it's not much to talk to, talk about when, you, when it comes to the Rams. They're all what you thought they were. They just needed another QB in there, and they're going to make it happen between Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, you're starting those guys. You're keeping an eye out for Van Jefferson. I wouldn't add him just yet because he is the fourth fiddle, so to speak, considering Tyler Higby is still there as well. And he's not sharing with Gerald Everett anymore. So he's a good TE play right now. As far as the Bears go, um, it was the Montgomery show, which he came away with 108 rushing yards. He's going to get the ball a ton. Um, they have a curse at left tackle. Their uh their their second round draft pick went out with the back. He had back surgery. Uh, they picked up Jason Peters. He had a quad injury. So even with his replacement coming in, he had an ankle injury. So it, it was a swinging door of the saloon. It came to the Bears because all of their left tackles are going down. It's only a matter of time before we see Justin Fields. Um, Allen Robinson he had an okay game, but what you have to consider he's going against Ramsey. So most people sat him in this game. He will be back up and running. Like he always is. He's a 100-catch guy, 1,200 yards, no matter the QB. But they are going to need some kind of spark. So watch out for Justin Fields being a streamer very, very soon. The San Francisco 49ers defeated the Lions 41-33. This was a blowout victory at halftime in which the 49ers tried to give this game back away. The 49ers were my stream of the week, defensive DST stream of the week. And it's what I was expecting until the end. When uh, Kittle tried to catch a ball off his helmet. Didn't work too well. Uh, but they still came away with the victory in which uh, this was a weird game, honestly. You got Brandon Ayuk, who no one knew who was hurt. He had 13 snaps, zero targets. Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch in which no one knew he was third on a death chart. You got Moster, who went two for 20. And then he gets hurt, and he's out for six to eight weeks. This game was very weird, <laughs> very weird, and it's a lot to unpackage when I really think about it. All right, Eli Mitchell came in, six-round pick, runs a 4-3-8. No one knew he was second on the depth chart. He is the number one waiver, waiver, waiver wire ad. Uh, he, he still came away with 100 yards on the ground. 
And I thought when I heard uh, Shanahan talk about it, I honestly thought Trey Sermon was in, just in the doghouse or something. But when he said no, he's third on the death chart and he's a healthy scratch. I was like, oh, this must be Eli Mitchell's job. So he's the most important waiver wire ad this week. Go get him. Um, as far as the actual Lions, their 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 offenses is just gonna be running through the running backs. The wide receivers don't scare anybody. They 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 wouldn't scare the bad news bears. Yeah, the little league baseball team. They wouldn't scare them. Tyrell Williams, Cephas. No, they're not scared of them. So everything's going to be filtered through Jamal Williams and Swift. It was good to see Swift get as much touches and carries as he did. He was a highly touted guy all of preseason. And he got hurt right at the end, so I was a little afraid of him. I backed off because you never want to get a guy that's hurt right before the season. It just never pans out well. But both of them respectfully played good, but they split carries down the, down the middle. Uh, Jamal went 9 for 54 in the touchdown. Swift went 11 for 39. Both of them came away with a TD, though. Hawkinson looks amazing. He looks amazing. So if you drafted him early, you have a gem. Now, granted, he was hit or miss last year because he was a rookie. You can't you can't expect rookie tight ends to just come in and be Gronkowski. It's not going to happen. But um, as far as... Those are the only three you're gonna be able to select on these uh on this Lions team. Both of the running backs, TJ Hawkinson. Wide receivers can't be trusted. This might be the only team in the NFL that doesn't have a trustable wide receiver. But oh well, let's go. All right, the LA Chargers barely got away with a victory against the Washington football team. Man, it's so weird to say that. Like football team. I hope they get a name soon. 20 to 16. I guess we ought to start with the obvious with Fitzpatrick going down. Um, I was very bullish on this team because of Fitzpatrick. All he does is come into a situation and destroy it and demand money and go on to the next job. I love Fitzpatrick. And I was just thinking the irony of him being 67 years old and getting hurt on a hip injury. But you have to downgrade all of the entire offense if Fitzpatrick isn't there. Granted, I like Tyler Heineke. He went 11 for 15, 120 in a touchdown. So he's fine, but I just knew Terry McLaurin was going to go crazy with Fitzpatrick because that's what he does. He locks in on his ex-receiver, and that's it. From Brandon Marshall, Devontae Parker, he he's going to big up all his wide receivers. He's just a good backup who can actually be your starter. But he's going to be out a while. I don't think they have a good timeline on it yet, but he's probably going to go to IR, so it's a wrap for him. Um, the, the biggest thing I liked, uh, I had to look, what you look out for, of course, the running back situation. Because J.D. McKissick had like 80 touches or 80 grabs last year on 100 targets. So I was like, Antonio Gibson's probably going to be coming out a lot of these third downs, but that wasn't the case. J.D. McKissick only had one catch. So honestly, he is a guy that you might as well go ahead and drop. Uh, Antonio Gibson came away with 100, either 90 or 100 yards, 20 20 carries, if I'm not mistaken. Um, McLaurin, like, it, it took some big grabs. Like, if you haven't seen those catches between him and Logan Thomas, one one hand catching the touchdown. One hand catch touchdown, you need to go check it out. But that's what it took for them guys to salvage their days. Um, uh, let's move on to, and it's nobody else that would be considered for the waiver wire on this team. You know, it's TMC. 
uh, Logan Thomas and Gibson. I think that's it. Uh, Tyler Heineke may be a streamer eventually, but it's better guys out there right now that you can pick up. Um, Herbert looked good. For them to go against Washington, in which this is probably a top five defense, he, he looked amazing. I wouldn't say amazing. I'm not going to say amazing. I'll say he looked good for what I was anticipating because I thought he would be pressured all day. I was like, they have a new left tackle, uh, Rashawn Slater, in which he played just great. I think he gave up zero sacks and zero pressures. So that's not only going to help the run game, but the pass game as well. Eckler didn't come away with a catch. He did have 15 carries for 57 yards, didn't get a touchdown, but the catches will come. This is the first time in a very long time where you didn't see uh, Eckler without a catch. But it's on the way. If you have Justin Jackson as his handcuff, drop him. Larry Roundtree is the guy to own as his actual handcuff. Uh, Keenan Allen, nine catches, 100 yards. That's just what he does. He's a machine. He was my actual wide receiver start of the week when I heard Eckler was uh, questionable. But that's what he does. Mike Williams, I actually told the guy to sit Mike Williams because he's always boom and bust, so you never know when to start him. And, of course, you have to start him this week, and you never know what you're going to get. But go pick him up off the waiver wire if you do have him, just in case. The Houston Texans beat up on the Jaguars 37-21. This score was 27-7 to at halftime. I don't think anyone anticipated this, considering everything that's been surrounding Houston with Deshaun Watson. I just thought they would be a middle of the pack, but they beat the Jaguars up from the start. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a great streamer because their defense is terrible. Charles Barkley voice, terrible. So he's going to be forced to throw the ball 50 times a game. He threw it 51 times in this actual game. He went 28 for 51, three touchdowns, three interceptions. That's probably what it's going to take for them to win every game. Here comes the backfield breakdown. I thought this was James Robinson's job. Not so much. James Robinson went five for 25. Carlos Hyde came in there with nine carries to lead this team. I was like, why is Carlos Hyde staying in this game? And then I thought back and I was like, oh, Carlos Hyde used to play for Urban Meyer. Ah, now it makes sense now. This is going to be disastrous because you're not going to know when to play James Robson. I thought it was his entire backfield considering, you know, Hyde has been a journeyman for quite some time now. So I was like, oh, he's probably washed. It's probably James Robson's job. That's yet to be seen. Um, you still – I don't know if you start him right now. If you have better options, you got to sit James Robinson until this backfield pans out. But he did come away with a couple catches too which is encouraging considering he didn't catch the ball much last year. Uh, DJ Chark only went – he went three for 86. You might be like, that's kind of scary. But he had 12 targets. So go get him off the waiver wire if he's there. You want the guy that's getting the most targets. LaVisca Chenault, I want to say he had uh, roughly like 60 or 70 yards, but he had like eight targets. So he's going to be a streamer, but not one you have to go get. DJ Chark shouldn't be on your waiver wire at all. Uh, Tyrod went 21 for 33, 291 yards, two touchdowns. He did whatever he wanted to do. Brandon Cooks is the number one wide receiver here, and he looks for him early and often. And I don't know if this was just a matter of the Jaguars' defense being this bad or him and Cooks actually have a connection. 
But I I, I like the fact that Terod Taylor came and played a good game considering the last two teams he's been with, it's been he's been having pretty bad luck considering he lost a job to Baker Mayfield with an injury. And then a Chargers puncture his lung. How, how did the medical staff puncture your lung and then he loses his job and the rest is history? But um, with that being said, he's probably more than likely going to be the starter for the entire year. I don't consider Watson playing this year considering what you got to think is Big, Big Ben and Zeke got caught in some, I wouldn't say, I guess you can say like sexual assault things. And they got suspended as well for like six weeks. And considering Deshaun has like 20 over his head, you won't see him till next year. So they're probably going to trade him before the deadline. But I honestly don't think it's worth picking because I can't see the NFL not stepping in and doing a punishment before a team tries to play him. Mark Ingram had 26 carries for 85 yards. And I don't think anybody's seen this coming, not at all. Everybody thought... This would be Philip Lindsay's backfield with uh, Dave Johnson coming down on third down. Nah, not this time. Um, the head coach and Ingram spent time together in Baltimore, and I guess he had some kind of adoration for Mark Ingram, so he's back. You want to get any guy off the waiver wire if he's getting 20 carries a game, no matter the team. As long as he get three yards a carry, you're good to go. The Miami Dolphins squeaked past the New England Patriots 17-16. Um, it was a battle of the Alabama quarterbacks. I don't think any, either of them are worth being streamed right now. It's a wait-and-see situation. Both looked okay, but not worth an ad. Um, the actual skilled players, they did look good. Um, let's start off with the Dolphins. Miles um, Gaskins, I've loved Miles Gaskins, I guess, since, since last year, in which he came on strong at the end of the season. Won a bunch of people some championships at the end. Uh, he had nine carries for 49 yards. The most encouraging thing is the five catches because he's going to be involved in both. Malcolm Brown didn't, you know, he scared a bunch of people in the, the second preseason game, which him and Gaston split down the middle for the carry. So he's like, oh, this is a situation where you don't know who to pick. But um, it panned out in the third preseason game where he played with most of the starters. So Gaston is a man in this offense. Um, Parker led them in targets, four for 81, but they actually look for Waddle often. He went 61 yards and a touchdown. Um, so Waddle is the only one that you're going to be pressed to put in your starting lineup right now. Uh, Gasecki had zero, two targets and zero catches. I'm dropping him at this point. Like, I can't wait on the guy if he has zero points, and I'm just impatient when it comes to it. I, I can't get a zero. Like, you – You'd be hard-pressed to win an actual matchup when you have zero points. So I'm probably dropping him. I'm not telling you that's what you should do because there's not a lot of options that's on the waiver wire. Uh, when it comes to the Pats, uh, Damien Harris, 23 carries, 100 yards. James White, he looked like the James White of old, but that's because they don't have a running QB. When they had Cam Newton, James White wasn't, he wasn't even mentioned. Like you would never put him in your starting lineup. Because Cam would just run. But the pass-catching running backs are back. Between him and Naeem Hines, both of them should – they should not be on your waiver wire. Uh, when it comes to wide receivers, just about every team other than the Lions have a guy that you need to have rostered because they have to throw it to someone. Even with the New York Jets with uh, Corey Davis, who went bonkers. Uh, with this team, you have Jacoby Myers. 
He led the team in targets with nine targets. He only came away with six catches, 44 yards. But what you want is volume. Volume is king when it comes to this. Because you can't promise that a guy's going to have six catches. But if you're telling me he's going to have close to 10 targets, I'll take him catching half of them every time. Uh, Janu Smith, him and Hunter Henry are splitting time. You know, it, I hope it comes along to be a Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez situation where both of them are on the field a lot. That's the only way John New is going to be worth it. But I think you have to start him anyway, just because the, the tight ends are a landfill right now. It's only like maybe 10 good solid tight ends right now. So it's not much to take from this, but Jacoby Myers is one of the waiver wire ads. He's only owned in 60% of leagues. So in some leagues, he's still out there. The Denver Broncos defeated the New York Giants 27 to 13. Uh, let's start off with the Broncos because it's it's not much to talk about when it comes to the Giants. Uh, Melvin Gordon had 11 carries for 100 yards and a touchdown, and you might be very excited that he came away with 100 yards, right? And you started him. You feel great. You better go back and watch that game. It took him a late 70-yard touchdown to come away with those 100 yards. So before, prior to that, he had 30 yards without a touchdown. Um, and he was out carried by Javante Williams. Javante had 14 carries for 45 yards. So they're going to be splitting down the middle. So it's going to be hit or miss with them. Um, Teddy Bridgewater went 28 for 36, 264 yards, and two touchdowns. He looks good. He, he's not going to make a bunch of, bunch of mistakes. Um, he's going to look for the open guy. It was sad to see Jerry Judy go down. He went 6 for 72 before he went down with an ankle injury. Just glad it wasn't a ACL or MCL. Um, so he's probably looking at a six-week timeline to come back. Um, most of his stuff was in the slot, which is very uh, – what you have to do is you almost have to play a guessing game. Who goes to the slot at that point? I think it's going to be K.J. Hamler. Um, who was a rookie last year. It looked good. I don't think it's going to be Sutton. I think Sutton is going to stay on the outside. Uh, Tim Patrick looked good as well, 4 for 39 in the touchdown. Uh, K.J. Hamler went 3 for 41, and his line would have been a lot different if he had caught the 50-yard touchdown where he was wide open. He just missed it. So if any, if you're going to add a Denver Bronco because you're losing Jerry Judy, I think K.J. Hamler is the one to add. Noah Fant went 6 for 62. He's going to get a lot of volume considering he's going to be, you know, when it comes to Bridgewater, he throws a lot of short passes. He doesn't throw a lot of 50-yard bombs going down the field. So, And Noah Fant is a matchup nightmare. So if you pick Noah Fant, he's a weekly start every single week. All right, the dreaded or dreadful New York Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones went 22 for 37. He did come away with a touchdown, but – they're competing with Atlanta being the worst offenses in football. Uh, Saquon, told you not to pick him. I told you it was scary. It's a little frightening because you just don't know about his workload. He went 10 for 26, but it, it didn't look good. He had one catch. But this whole offense is going to be rough. The only bright spot is Sterling Shepard, in which Sterling Shepard should be owned. He's only uh in owned in 39% of leagues. You should pick him up off the waiver wire. He is an ad this week. Uh, Kenny Galladay went four for 64, but I think Sterling Shepard is the actual man in this offense. Like I said before, it's usually one wide receiver that you can even pick and choose from any offense because someone has to catch the ball. 
But uh, as far as the rest of this offense, you want no parts of it. Matter of fact, you might want to close your eyes when you play Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard. All right, the Monday night game consisted of the Las Vegas Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens, in which the Raiders won 33-27. This was a circus at the end of the game, but it was a great game to cap off the actual week. Uh, let's start off with the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson looked as good as he could be considering he's going to have to run for his life the entire time. This entire season, he's going to be on the run. Simple as that. Um, he went 19 for 30, 235 yards in the touchdowns. But, you know, if you pick Lamar, you're banking on the rushing yards. And he had 86 yards on the ground. That's 8.6 points, which you, you can't. That's awesome any time you have that as your floor of being like 100 yards because he's going to be close to that every game. Um, Marquise Brown went 6 for 6 for 69 and a tud. Uh, Sammy Watkins is the king of first games of the uh, actual season. I think this is third time, third season in which the first game he just goes bananas. Uh, I wanted to make him my stream of the week, but I was a little afraid because of Sammy Watkins. You just don't know what to expect. But he did lead the team in targets, eight targets. He went four for 96. Okay, backfield breakdown. Um, Tyson Williams versus Latavius Murray. I didn't think Latavius would play as much as he did, considering he just got there 10 minutes ago. But he did, and they split down the middle. And I should have – the proof is always in the pudding. Well, Because when uh, Gus Edwards went down, they picked up every veteran they could. I mean – Roger Craig, Bo Jackson, any veteran who, who's played football before his running back, they were trying to get him on the practice squad. That should have been indicative of what's about to happen, and they're going to be split down the middle. Um, I'm trying to trade Tyson Williams, honestly, because I don't want to deal with the headache because when you have a running QB, he's not going to be catching the ball as much either. So you're banking on rushing yards. So if you can, I would actually try to ship him off to the Gus Edwards owner. Um, when it comes to the Raiders, uh, Carr had 56 passes. Crazy. 435 yards, two touchdowns, uh, one interception. Waller had 19 targets. He was locked in. I mean, he, tunnel vision. Every time he seen anybody running down the field, where's Waller? Where's Waller? That, that's all he was looking for. But Waller did come away with 10 uh, grabs for 105 yards in the touchdown. That's what you're going to get from him. He is amazing. If you haven't seen the special between with uh, him and Steve Smith on YouTube, you should. Because I didn't know he was in the league for as long as he was and what he was going through with his addiction, in which he almost overdosed. This was almost not even a thing. So if you haven't watched that on YouTube, you should. It's worth 12 minutes. Um, Other than, other than Waller, you had uh, – 34 yards from Josh Jacobs, but he came away with two touchdowns that saved you. Kenyon Drake, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start him at all, knowing he's the back, he's the third down back in a bad offense. So he's not worth it at all. Let's get into these waiver wire ads. Coming in at number one is Elijah Mitchell of the San Francisco 49ers. All you can do is go off of what Shanahan said. He said, hey, he's second in line. Trey Sermon, he was a he was a he was a healthy scratch. So if you're telling me you're going to be the number one guy in this offense that's going to be running downhill every and all game, sign me up twice. He's the number one ad. Number two is Sterling Shepard of the New York Giants. 
39% owned. He's probably owned in your league. I think he's going to be a good add if they're not going to be able to run the ball. With that being said, someone has to catch it. It's between him and Kenny Galladay, and I think they have some kind of, you know, rapport with uh, Sterling Shepard and Daniel Jones. So he's number two. Number three is Mark Ingram. Anytime you can get a guy who's getting the ball 20 times, 20 carries in a game, you want him because he's a, he's, he's going to be the best waiver wire ad other than Elijah Mitchell when it comes to running back. Because nobody else on the waiver wire is going to get the ball 20 times. Elijah Mitchell might come away being lucky getting the ball 20 times. And he's only 21% on. Number four is Jacoby Myers of the New England Patriots. Um, Somebody has to catch the ball. It's between him and Nelson Aguilar, in which Nelson Aguilar did have a good game, but I'm going with the volume. I'm going with the guy who I think is going to get the most targets. That's Jacoby Myers. Number five is Christian Kirk. The only reason why Christian Kirk is this far on the list is because Kyler Murray spreads the ball around so much that you're really not going to know exactly when to start him. All you can do is cross your fingers and hope and hope it pans out. But if you made it this far, I want to thank you. This is the longest episode of the Fantasy Fixers podcast that I have actually done. Uh, we'll see how it goes to see how many, uh, see if we'll do it again or rather just do a recap versus, you know, just the waiver wire ads, which I could probably do that in 10 minutes or so. But hey, thanks for being here. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me and I appreciate that. Until the next week, waiver wire Tuesday, let's do it.